0: In this episode which was recorded via livestream, Frank speaks with John Wood to chat about F-sharp, ML.net, and functional programming. To participate in the live Q&A, make sure you follow data driven on the appropriate social media channels. Now on with the show
1: hello linkedin twitch youtube facebook and i'm sure i'm forgetting another platform that i'm streaming on my name is frank lavinia and today with me i have the distinct pleasure of having jonathan wood or john wood on the show he's a um prominent youtuber i would say um doing pretty well on the platform actually and um, you talk mostly about ML.net. So uh, thanks for coming on the show. And um, here's a link to his YouTube channel. You can always just do a search for his name on Frank's World, or you can just go to uh, youtube.com slash C slash John Wood. Thanks, John, for stopping by. How's it going?
2: It's going good, man. Thanks for having me.
1: Hey, no problem, no problem. You're, you, you know, for folks that do watch stream, uh, you are a frequent commenter, so <laughs> there's gonna be one less commenter out there. Um, but I appreciate you hopping on and and, and kind of talking about ML Net.
2: Yeah, it's gonna be a good one. Hopefully, uh, introduce some people to it.
1: Cool, cool. So, what? Who's ML Net like? Really built for? Like, who's the who's the target audience? Is is it? Data scientists? Is it .NET developers? Who, who's it really built for?
2: It's primarily for .NET developers, uh, since they're already familiar with the platform and all that. And so it's made for for them if they want to include a machine learning model like right, within their web uh, web APIs or desktop apps or anything like that
1: interesting so they could like put it right in in write it in.net and do the training and stuff like that so so mm-hmm. um you also have a really cool shirt this is f sharp yeah <laughs> <laughs> i love it um so um where where's a good place to start with ML .Net and who 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 should start with .Net? how about that if, if somebody's comfortable in python are they mm-hmm. Would there be just like a little bit of um, curiosity there?
2: Yeah, uh, there is. Uh, actually, anybody can really start with ML.net. Uh, along with the uh, the C Sharp main API, they also have uh, CLI, uh, command line interface. Uh, but they also have uh, kind of a GUI to help you train your models uh, called Model Builder, which as a Visual Studio 2019, it's pretty much comes into Visual Studio, so you pretty much already have it.
1: Oh, very cool, very cool. And uh, Bill Ryan writes F-Sharp rules. <laughs> I didn't yep. know Bill was into uh, F-Sharp. That's good to know. Thanks for watching, Bill. Um, so so I have, I have to make a, a confession. Aside from your videos, I have done nothing <laughs> with MLNet. I've been so heads down in Python and kind of the other stuff, and it's definitely one of the things that I definitely want to explore and, and kind of know more about. Um, And so, you mentioned that there's a GUI, and you mentioned that there's uh, because yesterday's feed I was talking with Priya Ravindran. uh, Sorry, Priya, I may have mispronounced your name. Um, But um, what what's the? um, We'll get into F sharp kind of in a little bit um, and what that means. But um, what what exactly? how long is has mlnet been around i know it's been around for a while uh, a couple of years at least Mm -hmm. and and what made you get into it because that's kind of the thing that makes me wonder because i know you and i so for those you don't know john and i used to work together at Wintelect and we we did a lot of kind of data science type stuff and a lot of courseware for uh, microsoft actually (laughs) um and uh at the time we were both heavy in the python space and maybe just a little bit of r so i just wondered what what made you interested in in nml net
2: yeah so it pretty much came open source build 2018 and uh, i believe i was watching it the keynote when it came out so that's kind of how i heard about it and you know it was really early i think it was released as version 0.1 so you know, I, I started playing around with it. I thought it was cool. And I was like, you know, this is early on, I, was, I should probably stick with this and kind of, you know, learn how to use it and all that. Uh, so, and so I did, uh, a bit of the history of it though. It was been in use internally in Microsoft. I think they built it around 2010 or 2012, I think, okay. um, they had used to the powers It came from Microsoft research. And uh it's been used to power a few things in there and it's still being used at Microsoft on Power BI, I think Windows Defender. So they're they're kind of using it themselves as well.
1: So it's a it's a properly dog fooded product mm-hmm. then in yep. that sense. Um interesting. Um and it's currently at version one six. Yep. Okay. So it definitely seems like it's a code base, that's being maintained, it's being actively mm-hmm. used, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, what what programs can you write it in? I mean, if it if it's if it's CLI ba- CLR based, common language runtime mm-hmm. based, which for the non .NET nerds here is basically kind of like Java bytecode, but different. <laughs> um, and uh, so, what is the? Could you, I mean, you have an F sharp shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, say that ten times fast. Um, so, so what can you, can you can? A lot of your code samples are in C sharp, but I, mean, mm-hmm. I guess supposedly you could do this in in Vbnet You could do this in F sharp, and and etc. Um, what what do you find kind of out in the wild in terms of what language people tend to prefer on this?
2: And mostly, it's still C sharp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are a few people who enjoy the F sharp side of things. Um, there are some samples in f sharp although it, since it's mainly geared course uh, toward c sharp developers it's not uh, what's the word um,
1: the samples in, in the non primary language tend to lag yeah that's what <laughs> you could do it what was really what always used to amuse me when i did a lot of .NET programming was um, going through a decompiler and was it salamander soft was one of them and there were a couple other ones reflector yeah but you can also you could change the output language so you can oh you know so one of the things that one consulting gig i had early on in the day was they wanted to convert a bunch of c sharp i mean vb code to c sharp and one of the shortcuts that I would take <laughs> was I would take the the DLLs and you know, basically run them through a decompiler and then kind of admit the C-sharp version of the code. And it wasn't perfect, but mm-hmm. it definitely saved a lot of, you know, awkward kind of coding moments. But you had to kind of, if it was a private variable, you had to like muck around with like renaming it kind of reverse engineering. I found it more technically challenging and more entertaining that way. <laughs> um, and one time... Uh, I actually lost a bunch of source code um, because this was the I didn't check it in. That was all on me, but I was able to run, <laughs> run it through a decompiler and kind of get the bulk of the logic and kind of fix it. <laughs>
2: there you go.
1: So never made that mistake again. That's for <laughs> sure. Um, um, so so Bill writes that he is a full-on Kool Aid drink, drinker for functional programming. Uh, before we go too deep into the rabbit hole that is mlnet because i suspect that's a pretty good rabbit hole what 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 is functional programming exactly and and who would use it and why would people use it because f sharp has been around a Mm. while yeah like i remember we were uh, in the virtual green room we were talking about kids because you have a a youngin and I, i my my oldest was your kid's age. (laughs) We're not even born, actually, when I first heard about F sharp and things like that. So, so what, what is F sharp? Who's it meant for? And, and what, how would you define functional programming? Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Uh, Well, I'm not by all means an expert at all. i mainly just dabble in it. Uh, But from my understanding, functional programming is one where they have these uh, higher level, uh, higher order functions. So a similar kind of, you know, JavaScript and TypeScript is kind of getting into this more, where you you have like array dot map or um, array dot filter and all that, where you you, you can just um, use those with your objects and all that. And then also your variables are immutable, so you can't change them. You'd have to create a new variable from that, and so that kind of helps reduce some some issues with uh, or reduce some bugs in your code. Um, but before I forget, actually, I think tomorrow is a .NET Conf, and it's oh, all on F Sharp.
1: Oh, very cool! Is that yeah. on Channel Nine or is it on what the Learn TV or something? Whatever,
2: I believe so. And one of the more Interesting sessions that I plan on watching is uh, Don Sam, who's pretty much the creator of F Sharp, is teaching Guido, who is the creator of Python. He's teaching him. Oh to no F-sharp. way! Yeah.
1: Oh no way! All right, I definitely have to watch that. That'll be interesting to see. And 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 the whole functional because this this was kind of a bone of contention, at least among nerds like us, was uh, when Anders Heilsberg, did a lot of work around Lambda functions and, um, gosh, what's it called now? Link. Yep. It's very function. He called he he, in subsequent kind of presentations, he referred to C sharp as a functional language and that Mm -hmm. he only did that uh, for a couple of weeks before (laughs) he said it has aspects. He then changed the wording to it has aspects of functional programming. Yeah. So, so for folks that are using Lambdas and things like that, functional programming, you're probably familiar with it, right? Um, mm-hmm. In that sense, but but I mean, a full-on functional language and the whole immutable as, um, uh, variables that that kind of hurts my head a little bit. Um, <laughs> you know, because you know it's not really a variable in the sense that all variables are constants, or uh, I suppose you could say. Yeah. And I don't know. Like I never, I remember attending uh, a .NET. It was a um, Rockville user group rockville maryland user group and um i don't even think we lived in maryland at the time so this is going back uh was they there was a session by and i'm blanking on the guy's name but he he, he used to work at mcs and he, he did a lot of um, kind of cutting edge stuff and uh, mcs being microsoft consulting services um and for that that's for folks that don't know what the acronym is, but he did this whole thing where he did a talk on functional programming and um, and um F-sharp, and there was a, was it Haskell is the other f- popular functional language?
2: Yeah, that's one that, that'll that really <laughs> mess with your mind.
1: Right, right, and I just remember like watching it, and I understood it to a point, and I can actually feel the moment, like I could feel, I, I described it as my brain kind of went blue screen,
0: mm-hmm. like it was
1: <laughs> like, it was just like, I think I get it, and then, pop like yeah. it just my brain stopped working so um but it's I and mean, functional programming as i understand it has um um has been around in one form or the other and and apparently and i don't know if this is hearsay or not but it's really popular with quants on wall street or quantitative yep. analysis folks mm-hmm. so so why why them like why why did they fall in love with with f sharp and kind of functional programming
2: uh, i think I'm not real sure, but I think part of it is just, you know, I've heard a lot of people when they make their programs in F sharp, it's just, you get less bugs out of it. Right. And, you know, uh, you know, a lot of the the quants and all that, they, they want a lot of performance in their code. I'm not I'm not real sure if F sharp gets that because it's, you know, CLR based, like you said, right. But, um,
1: but clr clr based once it's compiled though i mean it yeah. performance is is i mean people will fight you to the death on this but i mean it's it's <laughs> it's reasonably good i mean you know the compute is not unless you're doing something very in compute intensive compute's not really a barrier i think Mm -hmm. I'm sure I get a lot of hate mail and hate hate comments on that statement, but (laughs) um, I was just always fascinated by it. It's like one of those things where like, you know, it just seems, it seems like an interesting space and um, definitely one I'm keeping an eye on kind of, but it never, do you think functional programming will go mainstream, at least in that sense, like something like Haskell or F-sharp or it's going to be mainstream in in kind of your examples of, you know, TypeScript and JavaScript that picked Mm -hmm. up functional aspects C-sharp certainly has. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's the route to mainstream functional programming or, or what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think that's kind of where it's going to be, where people will pick up those functional aspects within C-sharp or, or TypeScript even, um, yeah, unfortunately, not a lot of people have been picking up F Sharp as far as I've seen. I know the community has grown more than um, what I remember when I first started, uh, so that's good. So they have cool it swag like
1: T shirts like that. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Hopefully, it'll keep it'll keep growing, and and maybe it just might take this one open source project to kind of bring it to the top.
1: Right. Right. Interesting. So 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 for folks that are used to watching my live streams and, and my podcast, you know, I tend to meander. So that was a pretty interesting meandering there around functional programming. Um, so back to the topic at hand in terms of ML net. Um, uh, what? And you mentioned that that some Microsoft products use it, power bi mm-hmm. and defender, I think was the other one. Yeah. Um, what what? How do you, how do you function how how do you use um ML net? Is it just like kind of just like you would use Python, like you know, hey, import this library and mm-hmm. you know define my neural network layers and things like that? Is is it is it is there kind of a one-to-one mapping, just that it's in C sharp?
2: Almost. Uh so it's it's more like scikit-learn. Uh, so you get a Nuga package and you know, you put the using statement in and then you know, you use it. You can use M1 Net to load in your data, and there's different ways to do that. And then you can build your pipelines from that, and then do your training, and then save your model. And you can also use it to load the model and do predictions on it.
1: Interesting. What format does it save in? Is it Onyx or pickle or something else entirely? Uh,
2: it's it's a .NET. Uh, sorry, it's a .zip file. Okay, uh, but you can you can save the, the pipelines as onyx most oh, oh. of them are onyx exportable
1: interesting interesting now this is definitely something i definitely want to I, I totally want to explore i've been kind of geeking out on quantum and speaking of your brain blue screening like <laughs> quantum is definitely hurts your head and um but um I may I may take a step back from quantum and check out functional programming and possibly ML net. Um, but so so what about things like one of the arguments I've heard against ML.NET is mm-hmm. what about things like TensorFlow, you know, so, so in that in that example, you can't use TensorFlow with this, at least directly, I mean, you could do a whole rest kind of thing. But mm-hmm. is there an equivalent to TensorFlow or uh,
2: in the sense of building, uh, neural networks from scratch, not really. That is something that is on the roadmap. Um, uh, but if you have a TensorFlow model, you can either use that model directly. And I have a couple of transforms where you can load in the TensorFlow model and score, uh, score it, or, or you can save that TensorFlow model as Onyx and then lo- load it as an Onyx model in ML.net.
1: Okay. So there is some incompatibility, mm-hmm. but it's probably not, not going to do that. Ha- have you seen uptake in the industry? Like, like kind of like with 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 F-sharp, it tends to be popular with quants. Mm-hmm. Uh, is MLNet popular with like a particular group or niche? Uh,
2: I haven't noticed. Uh, there is, I have to find the link, but there is a, on the Microsoft site about ML.net, there is like some customer testimonials. Right. And so... Uh, I haven't really gone through and see if there's any patterns
1: to it. Interesting. Um, I definitely want, I'm curious. I mean, that's the data science and I was like, <laughs> what are the patterns here? Um, because um, no, I mean, like even when I was at Microsoft, it never came up in the wild from customers. Everybody's yeah. gaga over Python. If you have a, an old data science or an established data science team that they, yeah. they, they, they work used R so i'm just curious like and and i do know that microsoft has had some 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 libraries internally that are proprietary but i think it's cool that they released this because i think that there's definitely a market here Mm uh what are you you know particularly when you see um uh, i I think it's sparknet where they basically port kind of c sharp to run on the spark runtime i think that's a cool idea oh yeah because you know um people people love C sharp, I love C sharp, like my in my head, like, I, I think in kind of this weird hybrid of Python and C sharp,
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I was um, trying to comment something out and and I used the the pound yeah. sign. And I was like, yeah. wait, a minute, why is that no. not work? Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, because um, I kind of I mean, it makes sense that my head is kind of well, a lot of people say my my head's confused anyway. But um, basically, the entire content automation system that I have in for Frank's world and stuff like that is built in top of uh, C sharp and power apps. Mm-hmm. And then kind of, I haven't moved it over the Python just because time, yeah. but um, interesting. So, so what, what, what sorts of things um, can you do with, with ML net? I mean, it sounds like you do just about anything you can do. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. there's nothing magical about Python, folks. That makes it you can only do neural networks in that. Like yeah. you can you can write neural networks in just about anything.
2: Yeah. Um, pretty much any classical machine learning uh, problem you can do in ML.NET. It has great support for you know regression, classification, uh, clustering, recommendation. There's some ranking in there. Um, Yeah, and in the model builder and CLI, you can do image classification and object detection. Well, and model builder, you can do object detection.
1: Interesting. And model builder is, you said, is that different than the Power Apps model builder or is that something that's yeah, in Visual Studio? That's
2: the, yeah, that's the one in Visual Studio, the GUI for it.
1: Okay. Interesting. I haven't played around with that. One of the things I do miss about working for Microsoft is I like, don't have my visual studio enterprise no. <laughs> is in visual studio kind of community or no.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you can.
1: Okay, cool. <laughs> Cause I realized that the other day I got a new laptop and I was like, Oh crap. I can't. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, which I guess I could buy it, but you know, when you're, when you're in the mothership, it's uh, you have, certain things you missed, <laughs> but <laughs> um, interesting. Um, so what is there, is there a uh, connection to say, I mentioned Databricks and things like that. Is mm-hmm. there a connection to, can you use uh, ML net with Databricks or that not directly? And it's not, I'm looking at your YouTube playlist. Mm,
2: uh, not directly there. There was a Python package where it kind of runs ML.net, like a a bit of a wrapper around it. Uh, But that's been deprecated now. So I mean, you can always build an Onyx model on ML.net, and and you probably use that in Databricks.
1: That makes sense. Let's see. Is there an official website for it? I'm just going to see if I can pull that out.
2: ML.net? I imagine.
1: Oh, go ahead.
2: Yeah, you should be able to just search for it, and it's should be one of the top ones.
1: There we go. I'll share my screen. There you go. So is, this is the official website? Yep. Interesting. So this runs. it's multi-platform, so it's kind of uh, the new wave of .NET, where it's uh, .NET Core, I presume. Yep. yep. Interesting. Extended with TensorFlow. Interesting. So this is what it would look like. You get a new context.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And look at that. There's an F-sharp version of it, too, on the sample code. I forgot to ask if you had any demos or anything like that, but if you did, that'd be cool. But if you don't, that's cool, too. I can always have you back on another uh, live stream, assuming I haven't horrified you. And <laughs> <laughs> But um Interesting. So this is this is interesting. So basically sample sentiment, train your model. Interesting. Now if I did want to do the training on this, I assume it runs locally. So it's not like it mm-hmm. can you can you push this compute and this training off to like something like Azure ML or
2: not, not really and, and model builder for object detection that only uses Auto uh, Azure ML. Okay. Um, but I think that, I think that's one thing they're look, looking at uh, integrating with that.
1: Interesting. Featuring model. I think I know what I'm doing tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. So they have a lot of stuff in GitHub, actually. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Where would you recommend folks go to kind of learn more about this? Your YouTube channel, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Is there a a learn path through learn.microsoft.com? Not yet. (laughs) Oh, there isn't. Okay. Um,
2: Probably the samples might be the best.
1: Okay, like these samples.
2: Yeah, and there's there's some tutorials on .dotnet docs.
1: Interesting, and somebody told me that there's a really good uh, course on LinkedIn Learning.
2: I've heard that too.
1: <laughs> it's okay if you want to plug your course. So, so Jonathan actually has a course on uh, LinkedIn Learning on uh, ML.NET. So, which is pretty cool, actually.
2: Yeah, that's uh, kind of a getting started course. Uh, hopefully, I'll start the other ones soon. Uh, this one pretty much goes over, you know, the model builder, uh, or you know, introduces ML.net, who it's for, and what it is, and all that. Then goes over model builder, CLI, and then the Auto ML API.
1: Interesting. What was the other? Uh, oh, CLI. CLI. I was wondering what that acronym was. Interesting. So how do how do people use this like I mean is it is it just um, do people use the CLI as a as a for MLnet to kind of train models quickly or is it just it's just another way to interact interact with the platform
2: Yeah uh, you, you can use it as something like a quick POC or something if you already have the you know, data set and all that um, <clears throat> I've heard a lot of using it like in uh, pipelines, uh, GitHub actions or something like that. Uh, you can use it to automatically train. If you check in new data, you can just have it retrain. Interesting. And actually let's see, there's kind of, so model builder is visual studio only. Uh, somebody in the community made a VS code extension and that uses the CLI.
1: really, so it sounds like the community around this is pretty active because that you've in your videos you mentioned that a lot, like, um, and I do see that there are sam- plenty of samples here in terms of uh, F Sharp and um, stuff like that. So interesting. And there's an Auto ML.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Is this what you were talking about the other day? About is this in preview yeah. the Auto ML aspect?
2: Uh, they've updated well. The API has been out for a while, but they've updated how the AutoML Auto ML implementation and Model Builder uses a couple of different um, newer things that came out of Microsoft Research.
1: Interesting. But you're right, though, the, the C-Sharp samples are way more. There's a lot more of them. Mm-hmm. But I guess there's the opportunity, right, if you want <laughs> yeah. Um, no, this is really cool. I think it's, um, it's a fascinating, it's a fascinating framework. And I think that, um, movie really recommender, there's a lot more samples here on the GitHub page and there are on the homepage of the actual product. Oh, here we go. So this is in preview, like you said, interesting, interesting. I like it. I think it's a cool idea. I think it's it's a great way for folks that they can leverage their, um, their C-sharp kind of background. I've done C-sharp.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't want to do the math on that because I'm new really <laughs> old. But um, but for a while, I've done C-sharp. And even though I, you know, I kind of now thinking kind of half Python, half C-sharp, mm-hmm. it'd be nice yeah. to bring some of those, those skills to bear, you know, in, in, in real world projects. But it's an interesting it's an interesting platform. I think it's, it's really cool actually. And I enjoy your videos cause they're, they're fun to watch and um, they're very succinct and kind of what's possible and explaining what's going on. So kudos for you, man.
2: Yeah. I need to, I've been slacking on YouTube a little bit, so I need to get back on it.
1: Cool. Cool. I may, I may reach out to you for some tips because your channel growth is way better <laughs> than, than mine. But I think, you know, I, I <laughs> yeah it was uh but actually since I've been live streams that the channel is actually kind of revived because I do okay. I mean I don't target YouTube I mean I target LinkedIn yeah. copy you know it's a stream copy. sorry YouTube algorithm but <laughs> <laughs> um so what else um what else should should folks know about MLNet like if you know what would you say to someone who's a python kind of snob and they kind of Snub their nose at it. What would you say to them?
2: Oh man. Um, well, one of the things um, I think it's on the that homepage there, the performance of EmmaNet. They they actually have a peer-reviewed paper out. I, I think it's peer-reviewed, but it's on an archive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in it, it goes over running the same, you know, building the same models within EmmaNet scikit-learn i think h20 and interesting three or so different data sets and the performance both on the training time and the accuracy turned out to be better in mo.net interesting
1: interesting and according to this it's not just in um power bi and defender but it's also in outlook and in bing that's interesting Mm -hmm. Interesting. Explore the ML Net Model Builder. This is what you were talking about. Mhm. Model Builder. Interesting. If you had told me like ten years ago we'd be using animated gifs to kind of explore this, <laughs> I <I'm> would not have <laughs> believed you. So That's this is better. interesting. so go ahead
2: instead of dancing bananas
1: mm-hmm. right instead of dancing bananas or like you know <laughs> office memes or whatever so that's interesting so this actually builds out the model and it mm-hmm. if you missed it, it, it you, you blink you missed it so it actually looks like it, it created this this building up the model here uh went through and um um when you do the after when you get to the code, it I guess it produces a zip file. And then there's code in there and how to load it and use it. That's interesting. I always like ways that it will. um, Yeah, look right here. Right about there. I T transformer ML model machine model load. Interesting. That is that is that is fascinating. So I, I like all these these ways that you can make machine learning more accessible. Yeah, And um, interesting. And Model Builder is free. That's good <laughs> to know. Interesting. This might yeah. be a little bit of a squirrel moment, but I've played around a little bit with Blazor, and it's very cool.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. So you said that there is something called a, um, and because I'm talking Microsoft tech, and I'll use Bing. Um, <laughs> um, it's an ML MLConf. Or
2: done? Done. Accounts
1: is not it. This one.
2: Uh, I think so.
1: Oh, there you go. Done. No. Uh,
2: it's in November.
1: This. There you go. Yeah, so there focus is. on F-sharp, .NET Conf. So for those of you who don't know, .NET Conf is kind of this ongoing virtual summit kind of brand where they focus on one aspect. There was a, um, a Blazor one a couple months ago, and um, so there's Don. So this guy is going to teach uh, Guido uh, of Python fame how to code in F-sharp, it seems. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. This looks really cool, actually. Thanks for pointing this out.
2: Yeah, there's a lot of good sessions there.
1: That is cool. I wonder what Guido will think of F-sharp.
2: I know. Yeah, it would be Interesting.
1: Don teaches Guido F-sharp. So that's tomorrow, 12 p.m. Pacific. Interesting. <laughs> I learned to stop FUD and stay safe. It's funny. <laughs> Interesting. This is really cool, actually. I hope it'll be recorded because I won't be able to watch it all. But... Uh...
2: I assume it would be.
1: Yeah, I don't see why not. You don't see a lot of... I know that they're kind of splitting out the brand here in terms of what is where and things like that, but interesting. Learn TV. Kind of conversation. Maybe it's like here too. I don't know. Was it learn.microsoft.com?
2: slash
1: learn yeah yeah docs slash learn i wonder is there a uh learn not quite this is another product but
2: mm-hmm.
1: interesting no i love doing the um the learn paths are actually pretty good. Like, the quantum one was really good. You, know, you get these kind of these snippets of stuff, and uh,
2: yeah.
1: you go through it, and they were kind of short. You can kind of tackle them in a few minutes, and then and then kind of go back to it. It was pretty useful. But I'm definitely, definitely looking forward to checking this out. Do you get the RSVP, or is it just going to be streamed here? The date. I
2: think it should just be streamed.
1: Permissions required. That worries me. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I just going to click use because my my own uh, my own tenant that I have, which I've talked about. Um, I actually set up my family on kind of like their own office tenant and things like that, and which is how where I'm running my Power Apps, which is actually pretty cool. Awesome. Anything else?
2: I think that pretty much does it.
1: Cool. No, I'm excited about this. That's good. That's fun to watch. I saw a couple of speakers there. One is Maria Nagaga, who, who used to work, I used to work with at Microsoft and Paige Bailey, who I've tried to get on the podcast before. So she left Microsoft to go to Google and now she's back at Microsoft. Mm -hmm. So it seems like, um, Seems like it's got a pretty interesting lineup of speakers. That's really cool. Um, No, not that one. There we go. This one. So that's tomorrow. That's really cool. I love it. I'm going to definitely watch that because um, F sharp is something that I think if you get your head around it, it seems like you can be very powerful. Mm And just, you know, watching Don sign, teach Guido, F-sharp, that'll be worth the price of admission right there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so where can folks find out more about you? What's your URL? Uh, Johnwood.co.co.
2: That's the, the blog right there.
1: Cool. I'll put that up on the screen. Awesome. Yep. Cool. And folks can buy you a coffee. Yeah. Good stuff, man. I probably
2: probably buy a beer with it, but...
1: (laughs) Probably buy a beer. (laughs) I don't know. After my last uh, presentation, I remember hearing about Haskell, my brain like kind of popped. I was Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I could have used a beer. (laughs) well awesome thanks john for joining and thank you john as always um for commenting on this on um, the live streams i've always you always bring a lot to the conversation and um here's his youtube channel if you haven't checked it out and uh while we're here you can get your one free audiobook i know you're an audible subscriber because of data driven if i'm not
0: mistaken Mm
1: -hmm. cool any any recommendations
2: uh the, the two from Cal Newport, uh, How to Be So Good They Can't Ignore You and Deep Work are probably a couple cool. of uh, absolute favorites. Uh, let's see.
1: Awesome.
2: For an AI type book, uh, Hello World from Hannah Fry is a good one. That is
1: an awesome book. That is good. That is good. I'll have to check out the Cal Newport stuff. Uh, I really enjoyed the Hannah Fry. You probably know the name. If you're in the UK, you probably know her because she's on a lot of TV there. At least that's what she says on YouTube. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you um, uh, watch, there's a number file, computer file. She's on mm-hmm. does a lot of uh, kind of science shows um, on YouTube. And I sus- suspect her also broadcast. She was on BBC Click, I think, which is when I first saw her, uh, back when Virgin America was an airline, which is an awesome airline. <laughs> uh, I would, uh, and they – somehow I stumbled across uh click, which is, they always have some good stuff on that. But um, no, that's, that, that is a good book. Uh, I really enjoyed that. She kind of gets into the ethics of things and kind of yep. see how does that work and, and things like that. Um, but now yeah, those are good. If you if you don't, let me see if I get my hand in the right place. Um, you can get your one free audio book and you go to thedatadrivenbook.com and Audible is a sponsor of Data Driven and um, Yep, yeah, you're a free one. And if you're like John, he, he, he we got a little bit of a enough to buy a coffee, maybe a beer, not in, <laughs> not in D.C., but somewhere uh, <laughs> uh, you can buy a beer with that. And, um, um, you know, it, 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 it's a good thing, because I, 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 as I said, on yesterday's stream, I'm at 400 and some odd um, books. I have a, I may have a problem. Honestly, but uh, currently I'm listening to the Operator, which is written by Robert uh, O'Neill, who was the SEAL that that, that um, shot Osama bin Laden, and kind okay. of uh, in the middle of the book now. It's it's interesting, kind of you know, you know, he talks about SEAL training and stuff like that, and it, it's it's an interesting book. It's definitely um, you you get a n- newfound appreciation for what you know, servicemen and servicemen go through and um, particularly, um, you know, the SEAL training and, and, and stuff, they, the, they're the they really tough as nails. Like the stuff that they right. have to go through in training is just yeah. mind bogglingly. Like, wow, you know, that's so, almost superhuman. Uh, next on my list is. Um, I've been thinking about getting uh, deep work because I know that's that's been a very influential um, mm-hmm book um but yeah so cool awesome so thanks everyone for joining and um definitely go check out jonathan's youtube channel um where he gets into um mlnet and cool stuff like that i'm going to roll the outro graphics and you have a fantastic day
0: thanks for listening to data driven we know you're busy and we appreciate you listening to our podcast But we have a favor to ask, please rate and review our podcast on iTunes, Amazon Music, Stitcher, or wherever you subscribe to us. You have subscribed to us? Haven't you? Having high ratings and reviews helps us improve the quality of our show and rank us more favorably with the search algorithms. That means more people listen to us, spreading the joy. And, can't the world use a little more joy these days? Now, Go do your part to make the world just a little better and be sure to rate and review the show.